0: Welcome to the Woke Blokes Podcast, hosted by Nick Sutherland from MindFit and Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing. Let's get into today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Woke Blokes Podcast. Ryan Hassan here, joined by Nick Sutherland. Nico, how are you going, mate? Down there in Melbourne, lockdown again, stage four.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's a piece of cake, mate.
0: Piece of cake. Yeah, absolute yeah. piece of cake. What does that mean? It's, it's easy. Yeah. It's like the other one was training, do you reckon?
1: Or do you reckon... Uh, no, I've, it's exposure. It's, it's exposure. The, the first time is always the unknown, so people freak out and don't know what to do. But the second time, it's like conditioning. So it yeah. always gets easier and easier.
0: Do you reckon, though, some people are finding it harder because for like, things were starting to loosen, so it's like, oh, things are going to get back to normal, whatever that looks like, and now it's bang, we're back in the... Totally. Back in the it's... Hole.
1: um. I think it all boils down to whether, you, and we should do a podcast on this, whether you've got a growth mindset or a mm-hmm. fixed mindset. Mm-hmm. So that's the are you the bamboo or the oak tree? Are you rigid in your thinking, or are you fairly emotionally flexible? Are you an emotional gymnast?
0: An emotional so,
1: gymnast, you know, you know? I just came up with that there. <laughs> <laughs> I should wear some lycra.
0: I'm just imagining someone going like you know in a yeah in a leotard. And then, you know how there's all the different uh, apparatuses, but they're just different yeah. emotions? So, like, he's crying, <laughs> or crying on the pommel horse, he's in joy on the parallel bars.
1: <laughs> we, should, we should come up with something. I'll, uh, I'll do that at the we new mental tell, gym. We should come up with something What oh, like no, that. We'll, we'll do it at my new mental gym that I'm opening in a few weeks.
0: Yeah, t- tell the listeners about it. Tell us about the oh, mental gym. it's exciting. It's yeah.
1: exciting. Yeah so yeah my office is just an office at the moment but i've just taken over the lease for a building down the road so it's the whole building and it's it's where i've been running meditation classes but for another um for the company that owns the building where i rent out of at the moment so they're giving up that lease i'm moving in there so MindFit uh, in the office is where we do the cognitive retraining i suppose the the counseling the 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 therapeutic side of things but then we can put all of this into practice in the meditation. So that's where we can start strengthening and conditioning people's minds. Um and yeah, so we're gonna do different forms of meditation. We're gonna do medex classes, mm-hmm. so that's meditative exercise classes. So it's active meditation really. Yep. Um yeah, so it's gonna be membership based, it's gonna be just be 25 bucks a week and people can come and do as many meditation classes as they want so really it's we're trying to create a a, um a really dedicated mental health proactive and mental health improvement space on the mornington peninsula so the community we really just want the community to come and hang out there's going to be books and a library and you know come and have a cuppa and just chill out and there's going to be workshops there's going to be um, movie nights there's going to be oh, we really yeah we really want to make it a, a sort of a community thing where people can just come and hang out and, and and work literally work on their mental getting their mental health in shape
0: and um, is it going to be like a normal gym and people are going to be like, how, uh, how hard can you meditate, bro? Yeah, yeah you know, going to be mirrors
1: thing. there. So you're just going to meditate and stare into the mirror and just try, try to flex your brain. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like,
0: it's like when you try and gamify things. It's like, remember I borrowed your, the, the Muse headset? Yeah. So the Muse headset, for people who don't know, you put it on your head and uh, can measure your brain waves and you do a meditation and it'll give you feedback you know, as to your brainwave. So I think when you, you know, obviously are entering more of a calm state, you get a, a bird. Was that yeah, how it works? Yeah. yeah. And so I borrowed it off you and you're like, oh yeah, I get, um... on my last one, I got like 20 birds or something. And then I did my first one, I got like one or two birds. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> fuck this, this is bullshit, you know. <laughs> stupid, he- stupid headsets not
1: work. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what we do with the... That's why the meditative exercise is amazing because we can see in the moment people's cognitive distortions that they're using, so their unhelpful thinking styles that is then creating suffering, so mm. anger. So, juggling, for instance, they're juggling a ball and they've never juggled before, and they come to the first juggling class. And I give them a couple of balls and just say, oh, i try this. And they start dropping them everywhere. And you can see them getting wound up. You can see them getting frustrated and angry. And then I play the role of the universe. So they have to stay on a mat. They're not allowed to leave their mat. And then I'll walk around pushing people and knocking balls out of their hand. And and then they have to ask me for their ball back if they drop it and rolls away. And I'll say, "Eh, no, I'm not going to give you what you want right now. Um... Because that's just to see whether they using things as it's fair or unfair or, you know, one yeah. of their expectations. So really challenging like that. And it, it's amazing how quickly these emotional disturbances rise to the surface. And then we can catch them in that space, though, and go, right... What is the belief, and which we're going to talk about today, that is driving that irrational thinking, which is creating that feeling of anger or frustration or anxiety or stress or whatever. So we can work in the moments with their emotions and, and help them to shift and change on the spot. So the more we do that, the more we're conditioning them to to not use those unhelpful thinking styles and to be in a better space to retain a state of equanimity
0: yeah yeah it's funny it's when you it's like the ego gets involved in meditation but like (laughs) meditation is actually all about just watching the ego (laughs) (laughs) but people
1: come in and they go oh that was a great meditation it was so easy and i'm like it probably wasn't a meditation then and a lot of people are getting um contemplating mixed up with meditating and and relaxing as well so some people will meditate to relax well no Mm. that's not why we meditate some people will close their eyes to contemplate well no because you're still lost in that stream of thought that we talk about you're still not present so yeah it's it's a amazing opportunity which heaps of people everyone i've spoken to my clients are really excited about developing a consistent meditative practice Mm. you know there's a dedicated space to come and meditate But it's also going to improve their meditation by helping them to understand what meditation really is, which is, as you said, just to simply observe things objectively.
0: Yeah, yeah, and there's no there's no attachment to an outcome. Always because we would get people in a a float tank uh, as part of our program at the centre, and they're like, I said, what's it like? Like, you know, what's I'm and I'd be like, I've done like maybe a hundred floats now and everyone's been different <laughs> yeah. right it's been different but then it, how i felt afterwards has been the consistent part yeah that's where i felt i've started to like feel a bit more like oh, i'm more objective now i'm more calm throughout the day you know all that kind of stuff but the actual experience itself has been different um i've had times where i got in a float tank in an hour felt like five minutes because mm-hmm. um, you just enter some state and then and that's like that's once again that's uh, clinging to something that was really nice, you know. And then other times I've got in a float tank where this, the the mind just would not shut up, and right. And then you can have the fall into the trap of getting out and going, oh, that was horrible float. But once again, but that's just that's just thoughts purging. Like, that's, that's a, a good a, that's
1: thing. A, that's a binary thinking though. It's good or it's bad based mm. on your expectation of what you think it should be. Mm. Where that's all oh, that's completely irrelevant because the the purpose is just that you have spent an hour in that meditation or in that float tank. That's that's the important part.
0: Yeah, yeah. I had a um uh, a seizure in a float tank once.
1: Wow. I thought yeah. you were gonna say something else then. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: so so that's it. If it was if it feels good to be a bad experience, that was one. Because I didn't drown which I thought I might have. What's the so, yeah. seizure? Um what happened? I I'm um, I'm a bit of a dickhead, Nick, right? In case you didn't didn't know that, right?
1: (laughs) Welcome to my world,
0: listeners. (laughs) In case I haven't picked up, like I'm, you know, I'm a nice guy. I love what I do. There's part of me that's a bit of a dickhead. When I say dickhead, I mean extremist. So, like, I had been doing, like, a fast, right? I've never had seizures in my life. And um, I'd been doing a fast. So, it was, like, just Jews fasting. I had an Eden... Um, something else was going. Oh, that's right. I'd been for my first like chiropractic adjustment, like ever, and he'd done a lot of work on my neck. And he's like, "Dude, dude just take it easy because, um, you know, we might have opened up, you know, some more energy to the nerves going to your brain and things." So I jumped in a float tank and then started doing uh, Wim Hof breathing. So, so super. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> because this is and I you, are a, dickhead. you yeah. are a dickhead yeah 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 and so this is something that this is years ago I, this is so I, I used to do that I'd get in a float tank and I'd do the Wim Hof at the start while the music was on um because it would just I, it would just send me into that very um Primal, It was yeah, put me in a, a good state. So I, it's not something like... This was the first time I'd done it. There was just these external factors that were going on. Yeah. And um, anyway, I do the Wim Hof breathing. So I'm... I'm hyperventilating and then bang on the breath hold. And um, I'm, I'm doing the breath hold. And then all of a sudden, like, I come to and, like, the lid of the float tank's open. There's fucking water everywhere. And I'm coughing. And... Um, because the, there's half a ton of Epsom salts in the water, it's so salty, and I'm coughing and coughing and coughing. Right? I don't know what's happened, so I kind of crawl out of the <laughs> crawl out of the float tank into the shower or in the room, and I start coughing up blood. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm trying to gather myself, but I can't stop this uh, coughing and everything because it's so much salt. And I'm like, I've got salt in my lungs, and my lungs fucked. Like, I don't really know what's happened you know and anyway i am in this shower for ages coughing and coughing until i finally sort of like i've got to like get myself somewhere to get checked out right and so i grab everything my phone that, and i remember and this is where i started to piece things together later because i put my i just quickly checked my phone as i grabbed everything for the time and um i went out and poor um marina from from rest house she saw because my eyes like were just that completely red because I was full of this salt, right? I looked like a zombie. She's like, are you alright? It's like, yeah, I'll talk to you about it later. And I left and um, our office was only a few doors down from there at that time and I laid down there for a while and um, Melissa hadn't um, come into work yet and I called her and told her, she goes you should really go to a hospital. I think, ah, oh, classic guy. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm alright. She goes, no, nah, go to a hospital. So, went to a hospital, went to Daniel Hospital. I'm like, I, I don't know what's happened. Anyway, I've had a blackout or something. Anyway, I'm coughing up blood and blah, blah, blah. Um, but just out of it. And so they did like these tests on me. And so we worked out what happened because what happened, I remember checking my phone and seeing the time. And because um, the, the float session starts at a certain time. So like 830 you know, whatever, and then the, the music's on for the first 10 minutes, and then after the first 10 minutes, the music goes off. This is when I was doing the breathing, and I remember when I did the breath hold, the music was still on, mm-hmm. and, but the, when I checked my phone, like, so for me blacking out, it was something like 15 to 20 minutes had elapsed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so this is like full on, and I, I didn't understand, and this the doctor at the hospital checking me over, and she goes, yeah, yeah, look, look, you've had a seizure. She goes, you've got bumps and bruises all over. means You've been thrashing around <laughs> in the water. That's why the lid was open when you came to. And she goes, luckily, your lungs should be fine. But what you've done, I, I bit the absolute shit out of my tongue and my mouth. And that's where the, I didn't realize I was too out of it. That's where the blood was coming from, not from my lungs. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they checked me out, kept me there for a bit. And then I went home. And um, yeah, that, that was one of my... Uh, extremist
1: A dickhead sticker on your forehead as you I, did, like, I did that
0: myself yeah I just <laughs>
1: <laughs> well glad to hear that you survived and that you're safe and uh lots <laughs> learn, huh
0: and we always joke it was not long after that that Melissa and I actually got together and I always joke I'm like yeah cause she goes yeah cause you nearly died you know she goes thought, this guy's not gonna survive himself he needs someone
1: to fucking look after him <laughs> how did you make it this far in life I don't know
0: Someone, someone's looking over me, keeping me here, so um, yeah, so anyway, onto the topic of today, that's my funny little float tank well, story. Well,
1: it doesn't sound like a piece of cake though, that, that experience.
0: It wasn't me. a piece of cake, yeah, so let's, uh, this is our idiom of the week, uh, a piece of cake, so let's think about where, well, well first of all, a piece of, saying something's a piece of cake is saying something's easy.
1: That's correct.
0: What does that mean? Like, making. I'm, I'm thinking about making a cake, and making a cake's hard. You know, no, normal cooking, you can like, you use a bit of feel and touch and throw a few things in. When you're baking, you got to be precise with those measurements.
1: What about if we come at it from, it's so easy to eat a piece of cake?
0: Now that that Now it, now that it is.
1: <laughs> Watch this on YouTube, people, because you should have seen Hass's face. Then. <laughs> you turn into a child then. You literally turn into a five-year-old at your own birthday party. Yes, it is. I had an image of
0: like a big bit of like uh, mud cake, chocolate mud cake. Like, real, like I was small, so it seemed really big and I was just shoving it in my mouth.
1: I saw that happen then.
0: Physiology changed.
1: Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm not a sweet tooth, so for me it's not a piece of cake. It's not easy to eat a piece of cake because yeah. I, don't, I don't actually like cake. So, yeah, but who's the first person? Because it's quite a leap of... It's a piece of cake. So it's easy. Like that association, that's a that's a long bow to draw.
0: I, I reckon. Okay, I reckon. The, I'm imagining uh, like business people, but like for, it must be from a long time ago. So let's how think. long ago? How long ago? Piece of cake. Piece of cake. Maybe like 1800s, late 1800s right so obviously some big companies around at that time and I imagine like they're doing it. it's like a it's like a kind of like a dodgy deal where it's going to affect a lot of people like affect the like, workers like, like a merger Ford, like a
1: Ford Motor Companies just started up
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. them and uh, who was the other guy at the time Westinghouse he was massive yeah. at the time as well and they've got together to, to decide that they're going to have a monopoly on their industries or something. And it's like this, you know, your tap of the nose kind of, you know, it's going it, to... The, the workers and the public will think it's a great thing, but really it's just to serve their own greedy needs. Yeah. And so they're talking about this deal and they're like... And Westinghouse says to Ford, he goes, but, mate, is this, are we going to be able to pull this off? And then at the time, Ethel, who's Ford's uh, assistant, comes yeah. in... Yeah. PA uh, comes yeah. in with a, a big cake like a a, 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 mm. a cake you know it's mm-hmm. what kind of cake would that had back then it would have been like a maybe an orange and poppy seed yeah,
1: yeah I like
0: right yeah. so she's come in with that she's put it on the desk and then Ford's like yep yeah, thank you Ethel and just sort of waits for her to, uh, to leave the room and he's left with this question in the air like are the people gonna buy this Ford and then he he reaches in and he picks up a bit of that cake and he just goes like a piece of cake, my dear Westinghouse, and then oh, bites into it, mm-mm,
1: mm-mm. and then cigars are busted out, and and, and like and an evil
0: whiskey.
1: laugh, yeah, and the whiskey, and, and yeah, I think you've known it. I think I, think I, can't, I, I cannot add to that. <laughs> Sorry if we're
0: oh. ruining Henry Ford or Mr. Westinghouse's reputation, but that's what happened. Yeah, that's, that's what happened. happened. That's yeah.
1: fact. It is now fact. That is that's a history. That is
0: a history lesson. Yeah, it's on some Two <laughs> blokes said it on a podcast. It is true.
1: That is factual.
0: It is factual. Uh,
1: whether you choose to believe it or not is up to you.
0: Oh, man, your segues, like, I, I can't believe it.
1: It's a beautiful thing, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. But then by me bringing attention to how good your segue is, it actually ruins the segue because now we have to go yeah. from talking about your segues to what you were yeah. segueing to. I know. So okay. I'm like the I'm like the anti segue. <laughs> you are the anti segue guy. I'm like a segue blocker.
1: That's all right. I'm still going to bring my segues.
0: Listeners, please do. Listeners, yep. you know, you've heard me and Nick on this podcast. We bring up whatever the you know on most episodes you know whatever the topic is that we're talking about you hear a lot of us will bring up beliefs at some point (laughs) you know they always kind of kind of pop up they sneak in there and there's a reason for that it's because they're they're so so powerful in the way that people live their lives so say we wanted to jump into a few uh beliefs and make this a little bit interactive i mean we know you, if you listen to two episodes ago, we were talking about the five steps to change, Nick, and that first one's awareness. And with this podcast, I mean, we, and it's been great because people who've listened to this podcast have contacted Nick or myself and come in and done sessions and we can specifically get into someone's stuff, you know, yep. right there. But this podcast is really around um, bringing to awareness uh, certain things within ourselves that, you know, we can look at changing, we can look at improving, whatever you want to call it. And that's what this is about. This is about bringing some beliefs uh, to awareness so as we go through these these beliefs and these aren't just any beliefs these are beliefs that will uh limit us in some way so
1: if we yeah if we have a think about beliefs it's like on your laptop it's like the operating system of your laptop and your laptop's also got a memory uh, it's got a hard drive it's got a processor so we're not too dissimilar to, to laptops in that but a lot of the time if if your laptop if you type in one plus one and it equals spaghetti then there's a bug in the operating system yeah it's been hacked and so when we look at our own belief system if if we're at point a and we're trying to get to point b but we can't get there usually there's a bug in our operating system and that's in the form of a limiting belief or an old outdated belief or a belief that we created in a time of trauma in childhood or a belief that a, a father figure imposed on us as a child or something like that. So I think in the work that I do I see so many adults walk around operating off a very immature and irrational belief system and mm-hmm. they're trying to adults. they're trying to be in relationships they're trying to you know hold down a job they're trying to keep in shape but they're running this subconscious narrative which is what the belief system is it's like i fucking hate running and yeah. then oh but i'm trying to get fit but i fucking hate running and I've, I've had that literally happen in a session and i i reflected it to the guy and he's like i had no idea i even just spoke those words Mm. So this is how unconscious this is. This is how powerful it is. 96% of what we do happens unconsciously. So we're only consciously aware of 4%. So we really need to spend a lot of time on that belief system. And this is basically what I do in MindFit is getting that belief system in really good shape, updated, free of limiting beliefs, full of healthy beliefs, empowering beliefs. And today, Hass has come up with a great list of the opposite of all of that
0: yeah because beliefs like we like you said all these beliefs are uh, they're in our subconscious they're there for a very good reason like yeah. we need beliefs to live you know like I have beliefs can be simple like I have a belief around how I sit on a chair and I have a belief about how I open a door and that's purely because I don't want to have to consciously <laughs> think about how I'm going to sit down or open a door every single time that I do it take a right? lot of energy man and that's, and that's what beliefs are. It's for energy conservation because there's like yeah. a certain amount of power in our brain. So we have all these great um, beliefs, service, but there's just this small percentage. Like there's, like, there's these few, what, like you said, bugs in the system that cause, they can cause 80 to 90% of the stress and the, uh, the problems, the issues that people run into in their life. And I, I like the analogy you use. This is not to just relate this to um, get too off topic, but with like COVID. I was listening to a podcast recently and I love the way it was put. So with where we're working with beliefs, it's like there's a little bug in the system, yeah? Like a virus, yeah? yeah? And so this guy on this podcast was saying, you know, people have been dealing with viruses in computers for, for bloody, since they've been around nearly. And they know the answer to beating a virus isn't trying to attack the virus. It's upgrading the software, right so it's like we're putting right now american whatever putting two trillion dollars into pharma and trying to come up with a vaccine instead of saying hey how can we become healthier humans with stronger <laughs> immune systems and not overweight and out of shape anyway that's another topic right we're talking about beliefs okay but what, what we're talking about is an, is an upgrade in software yeah as opposed to just trying to fight a, a, a bug directly so like i said beliefs they're for energy conservation most of them are fantastic there are a few that uh trip us up from time to time So as we go through this list do you have something to say in it
1: yeah i do i just did an example when i was a smoker and someone to say oh, why don't you quit smoking and what would come out unconsciously out of my mouth was because i'm not a quitter if i start something i
0: finish
1: it hmm. now that's a belief that's a limiting belief that's a destructive belief that's a that's a such a you listen to that it's so immature it's like I'm not going to do what you tell me it's like and I'm a fully grown adult male and these words are coming out of my mouth so this is this is linked in with emotional intelligence as well this is linked in with us evolving and maturing and developing and growing in that sense um, and freeing ourselves up to because that version of me had no capacity to stop smoking because of that that belief. Mm. So it was a block. I couldn't look after my health and well-being because I had this belief that was creating this narrative in my head. It was creating a reality mm. that I couldn't stop smoking because if I start something, I finish it.
0: Yeah, and that's a narrative is the perfect word. Narrative or story. We're storytellers as human beings, and beliefs are just stories that we tell about ourselves or about the world. That they're true for us because we believe them, but they're not actually truth. That's truth. why yeah. that's they're not the truth, you know. It's like so. so you, an
1: illusion. They create the illusion that we live in.
0: Yeah, because the belief then uh, reinforces itself because we keep trying to reinforce that belief because we think it's yeah. consistent with who we are, and this is the whole thing. It's like. And we're going to get into this because I'll probably talk about, you know, how some of these beliefs we're going to talk about play out in people's lives. Um, But we think that it's because, you know, these 10 different things have happened means that I don't trust men or women, but it's no, 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 I just decided at some point that I don't trust men or women. That became my story. And now I now will find men or women that I can't trust because I want to reinforce that story.
1: Limiting beliefs, in my opinion, are designed to keep us in our comfort zone. They're designed to keep us safe. So once upon a time, I had an uncomfortable experience with a man or a woman, and then that version of me uh, and a part of that version of me created a belief that okay, men or women are bad, so I'm going to protect you from them. It was the same as when I couldn't leave the house. You know that was, you know, and we 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 talk about cognitive distortions and how it bends the mind. My mind was so bent out of shape that it disabled me physically and I couldn't leave because I had a belief subconsciously that the world was terrible and bad. And if I left my house, then I was going to get hurt. So, yeah, these beliefs are very, very powerful. And if we don't train our minds and condition our minds and use our imaginations for good instead of for evil, then we're we're going to really struggle through life.
0: We are, we are. But we're just going to be like wind-up dolls who, or robots who are programmed with these beliefs because like if, yes. if you took my uh, whole set of beliefs and just took it out of me and put it in you you would start acting exactly like me totally. <laughs> in every situation
1: but I say to people imagine if we could do a printout of your belief system and then go through with a red and a green text or highlight all the healthy ones and all the unhealthy ones there would be so many unhealthy beliefs and because people just don't stop and work on their belief system they just yes. they they think that the programming that they had from when they were 5 or 6 is going to serve them as an adult yeah and that in itself is irrational
0: and that's what that's what you said so this is a this is a survival mechanism so i create the, the a limiting belief as a survival mechanism which is awesome like what a beautiful yeah. part of yeah.
1: the human Protects being yourself.
0: but then we hold on to it yeah, and that's why it's it, stuck. It, this is where we get stuck because now we just keep playing out the the patterns later in life. So as you're listening to these, there's a list, I don't know how many I've got here, 10 or something. Um, as we're going through these, like, you know, if you sat down with me and Nick and shadow one-on-one, we could start to pick up, you know, by your language what it is. But there's probably three ways that you can check in while you're listening to this podcast. Number one is you can look at the patterns in your life as you talk about a belief there may be a you know a pattern it's like if i keep having the same issue in relationships or the same issue with family there's probably an underlying belief there causing the pattern we can also use our mind you know if we're mind based we can read out whatever the belief is the statement and what will happen is you know it's like uh, let's say that there's a belief i haven't got this one on the list but let's say that i there's a belief i'm worthy of love right? So if I sit there and and do a little quick meditation and just say to myself in my mind, I am worthy of love, then watch what the mind does. Does it show me images of why I'm not worthy of love or is there no resistance there, right? This is when we can start to work out when there's beliefs because if I start showing me things but look you did this 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 and this then I'm probably like okay I probably have the belief that I'm not worthy of love then if we're more somatic based and I like to get people to get into their bodies is we have a we have a felt sense of who we are and you know our body is part of our subconscious mind and so oftentimes I often get people to really feel into their body and so if I say something like you know I am worthy of love and then we can tell you know like right now I'm like yeah no problem but you know there was a time in my life when i would say that and my my body would, it would cringe it would, it would cringe it would cringe yeah. like and it's kind of saying
1: so it's not resonating
0: it's it's saying no brain no no, brain. no no you are not
1: we do not believe that so that belief that you are trying to insert into your belief system doesn't gel it doesn't fit it doesn't resonate so to yeah. reject it yeah i used to use the um i used to use a traffic light system so i'd get visual people to close their eyes and I'd say I love repeat this in your mind I love myself conditionally and you can see traffic light and see what colour of the traffic light comes up if it's red you're rejecting it if you're green you're accepting it if it's amber yeah, you're on the edge with it on the edge and, on the edge and it was a really effective way to get people to understand what they did not didn't believe so yep. I, um, but another way is to listen so I listen to the words that you're using and i used to i picked up on this thing where people say how are you nick and i'd be like oh i'm really stressed i'm really stressed today and i started coming to my conscious awareness how often i was using the word stress and even if i wasn't feeling stressed it was just a narrative it was just a, a pattern that i was stuck in and so when i caught it i flipped it and I, when people would say how are you i'm almost like yeah i'm great i'm feeling really relaxed i don't do stress and they're like okay cool and so i kept repeating this mantra which is inserting a belief the long way i guess through the through the conscious mind instead of through the subconscious mind but it was creating this mantra that i don't do stress 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 Mm -hmm. three months down the track i went to a party and it was just chatting to a random stranger and you get on and you talk about your life and and he, he reflected something he goes mate you're one of the most relaxed people i've ever met and without consciously realizing it, I blurted out, yeah, I don't do stress. And I burst into laughter. And He's like, what are you laughing at, man? And I told him the story. He's like, wow. And it was such a, a perfect example of how we can rewire our brain. This is neuroplasticity 101. Yep. You know, it's, it and, took and me 12 weeks to rewire my brain, but it happened. But it happened,
0: yeah. And you went through yeah. these steps. I'm, I, I would have spoken about this before, but I think it's important. It's like learning any new skill. It's like if I'm learning uh, uh, how to play basketball or juggling. Sorry, ju- juggling. Because right? yeah. you get people to do that. and It's like unconscious incompetence, which means I'm incompetent, So, I just, which means I'm always saying I'm stressed. It's not a good thing. But I'm unconscious of it because I just keep blurting it out and I'm just not aware right? And now all of a sudden I go from that to conscious incompetence. So now I'm still saying I'm stressed, but now I'm like, hang on, why do I just say that every single time? Now I'm at least aware of what's going on. And then it goes to... Uh, Conscious competence so now I'm still conscious but now I'm going to start saying that I'm relaxed instead of stressed but I've got to I've got to be on guard so I have to really think about it right and then that final step three months later is unconscious competence which that's when you blurt out I don't do stress and I'm relaxed and there's no conscious uh, will that you need to insert on that
1: but I've ch- I've I've updated the operating system. I've updated the belief system, and so that has a physiological effect on me as well. Like yeah. I, I'm not in fight flight as much. I'm more in my parasympathetic nervous system. There's not as much adrenaline and cortisol and dopamine kicking around through my system. So on on all levels, I'm more relaxed just because I change that narrative.
0: It's and indeed it, that's what it is. It's just a story. It's like it's yeah. so funny. Like I I sometimes get people to write out. I'm like. Imagine that a, a, an alien's come and knocked on your door, right? <laughs>
1: Ric <laughs> <Rick> Flair. <laughs> Woo! Uh,
0: so before we jumped on, Nick was telling me you watched a Ric Flair documentary. I was a big wrestling fan back in the day. Um, and so an aliens comes and knocks on your door cause, and... Basically says, look i'm just here to talk to you after i finish talking to you i'm getting on the spaceship and i'm going but i just want you to tell me what this world's like what's earth like what's what's the world that you live in like so this is giving someone their worldview right so they'll explain to this alien what what it's like and you know people will write um it's a place full of you know people who are always out to get what they want and don't give a shit about you um it's it's a place where you always have to struggle blah 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 they'll write all this stuff right Once that's done, that's someone's worldview. And then they say, okay, then the alien says, I've got one more question for you. Who, like, where do you fit in? Can you tell me about you? Like, where do you fit into this earth? And it's like, well, I'm so-and-so. I'm this many years old. I'm a mother of two. I'm, um, you know, I'm never good enough. I never go after my dreams, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, at the end of the day, you've just got on paper a worldview and a self-view. And you just say, "These, these, these are your stories about yourself. No wonder you're depressed. No wonder you're anxious, right? And then you can even get someone to write the opposite. So underneath, write the exact opposite to what they've written and then just go, look, here's two different stories. Neither of them are true, but which one, which one is better for us to read to ourselves?
1: So check this out. Um, listeners, I've just jumped up on my whiteboard for a sec because I'm going to show you how I help people to change their beliefs. Right? So someone will say, I'm not good enough. Which is the first
0: on our list, by the way.
1: Full stop. Okay. And if you read that, I'm not good enough. It's very concrete. It's closed. It's just, it's very definite. Yeah. Mm. So before we can change it, we've got to sort of start to free ourselves up from it. So we're going to write it again. I'm not good enough. But this time I'm going to put a question mark on the end of it. So you read the first one, Has.
0: I'm not good enough.
1: And now read the second one.
0: I'm not good enough.
1: Mm. So what did you feel in your body then when you read the two? What was the difference?
0: Yeah, that's, uh, there's more of an opening with the second one because once yeah. again, yeah, it's a question and statement. So it's like you are loosening the grip, I suppose. Yeah,
1: so the, the first one is a closed mind. The second one's an open mind. So we've opened the mind now. Now we can start playing with it. Now we can get curious with it. Okay, so we can question it. I'm not good enough. Am I good? Is that is that aligned with who I am authentically? No, it's not. Is this aligned and conducive to me achieving what I want to achieve in my life? No, it's not. Okay, so that belief is no longer working for me. It's not a current or valid belief. So I'm going to change it. What can I change it to? House, uh, what would you change that to if you realise that that's not working for you? I'm good enough. Yeah, I um well not even good enough let's take good out of it because it's enough inspiring. I am enough and then we put another question mark there so I'm not good enough I'm not good enough I am enough how does that feel how's I'm enough
0: I, I'm enough
1: yeah how does that feel a bit weird or a bit different but it feels okay it would it would also depend it feels okay yeah
0: but yeah. it would also it would also depend on my past this is like the yeah. thing i was talking about with the um you know dropping it into the mind, because yeah because if yeah. i had all of this unresolved stuff and if i said i'm enough question mark then once again i'd get that i get but that this is, no no no
1: this is and this, but this is where we learn we're loosening someone, we're loosening the uh, yeah but if if, if, like if this doesn't really resonate if if this is a red light on that on that traffic light system then we get to go right where did you learn where were you taught that you are not good enough and then we can pause here we can go back we can free them up from that trauma whatever Mm -hmm. it may be and then we can come back alright I am enough yeah okay yeah I, I could I could I could try that okay cool so let's close it now I am enough full stop so we start with, oh, I'm not good enough. And then it's like, no, I am enough. But we have to go through these steps to break it break it open, play with it, explore it, experiment with it, see if it's going to fit, do some work, make some room for it if we have to, then put it in. It's like a seed. So when every time I said, I don't do stress, I was watering that seed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah? Yeah. So the, the, the homework for this client would be to... to to just to tell themselves I have enough a couple of times throughout the day
0: yeah and, and and that I suppose that journey can also take you anywhere and we don't know I mean you know it can be if you're in little ats when you were a kid you know and you're expected to come first in the hundred meter sprint and you didn't and you're and your dad expected you to win as well and didn't talk to you or then you just decided that you're not good enough. You know, this is where, like all this stuff comes from. that's where the stories originate and that's the journey of trying to find out where they do originate because it's like now I'm an adult and when we talk about I'm not good enough playing out in our life, it means that we're just not going to try things that we feel in our deep in our soul that we want to do. It's like I really want to go and travel here or I want to change career or I want to do that but also this deep belief says you're not good enough to do that. So then, and all of a sudden,
1: we die. Our formative years, we develop our core belief system between the age of zero or eight thereabouts. And in that time, we're so vulnerable; we don't have any life experience. We don't. We can't protect ourselves. We just take things at face value, mm. you know, because we're trying to create a belief system. So, if Dad comes along, and Dad's someone that you looked up to, and you place a lot of value on his words, and he says, "Ah, oh, you suck today. You weren't good enough. You failed. You're a mm. loser." That's going straight into that core belief system.
0: Yeah, and, and this is unfortunately where so many uh, family patterns get passed down because you know the, the, his dad, so your granddad, yeah. probably said the same thing to him when he was, his, he was a kid. It's yeah. like, it's these patterns. It's, we've spoken about this. We've spoken about this I don't know, it was last week or the week family, before. Yeah, but just but just sometimes we'll around. say something and we're like, oh, hang on, that's my, that was my dad talking. <laughs> 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 that wasn't me. But then it was probably his dad. And so it's like, yeah, these heirlooms get passed down. Um, and then it takes for someone with the awareness to just go hang on I want I want to wait, yeah, to wake up and just say I want to change these stories because these stories aren't serving me.
1: But it's um uh, yeah w- when you when you hear that and when you catch it and you have the capacity to change it we have to understand that adulthood is just undoing everything that happened to us in childhood pretty much. Yeah, we have to uncondition ourselves as an adult because how we operate as a child is not going to work for us as an adult. Mm. So it's not your fault that Dad said that to you, but it is your responsibility to find that limiting belief and to change it and to free yourself from it because it's it's going to just shackle you and you're going to not going to reach your potential as an adult.
0: Yeah, it's so it's so true when you say it's um yeah no it's fault that's the thing we uh, a lot of people yeah, are, are inter- into. It's
1: fair or not fair?
0: Yeah, because it just it just, just is, you know, yeah. and like and that's part of the work that I do with people is you know if. Let's say if that hypothetical we just made up did happen, is then going back and then going, well, let's go, let's let's start to go into what dad, what his truth was, and get some yeah. acceptance from him. Because if I go back there and just go, oh, dad said that to me, I blame him. Then we're stuck because bl- blame equals stuck. If I'm yeah, blaming exactly. anyone, I'm not I'm not moving anywhere. But then if we can accept, it's like oh, okay, well that's what he said to me. Maybe he so, was having I, a I, shit day. Maybe that's what his dad said to me. It's this acceptance piece. Now I can at least sit, I can sit in what is and move forward.
1: Yeah, but that's it. It's it's acceptance. It's letting go. It's detaching. It's freeing yourself mm. to then move into adulthood as a healthy mature. And you, you look at it, you see you can see so many adults revert back to their child self because they're operating outside, So, but I'm not getting what I want, or I'm not mm. being loved, or, or you know things aren't going my way, or I didn't do this very well. And yeah, there's so much as we call it in here unnecessary suffering that comes from these really old, outdated beliefs so
0: yeah we literally do regress it's funny it's like if, if I if I have a belief this isn't a list but if I have a belief like I uh, I fear conflict or I fear abandonment or whatever it is and then you know you start getting into an argument with your partner and then all of a sudden they're like oh you're just acting like a child and it's like you you are being a child in that moment because it's the child that's coming to the surface who doesn't want to get left or doesn't want to have the conflict
1: if, so, you, if you're driving down the highway and you have a belief that everyone should go the same speed as you're going and someone goes past you 10 kilometres faster and then they cut in front of you and you've got a belief that you should have an empty lane in front of you with no cars in front of you and all of a sudden someone breaks your own personal law, you can, if you press mute and zoomed in you would see the instant that person driving reverts to a child they start hitting the steering wheel they start having that adult tantrum it's like ah oh, you idiot you loser ah. <laughs> you're not an adult you're not it's, it's so weird it's like a mum dragging a kid along in the supermarket instead of going at the child's pace you've got a belief that the kid has to go at your pace yeah. and then when he doesn't and when he has gets upset oh you're embarrassing me stop it you're embarrassing me yeah. it's like how how much more irrational could you be
0: and that's just, like, and that's passing on stuff and that's why it's like we just got it's it's a bunch of just grown up kids having kids you know? All <laughs> <laughs> trying to run the world
1: Donald Trump he's trying to run bloody America and he's one of the most emotionally immature people you can meet
0: yeah yeah, which is showing the dysfunction of that system. But that's another. Yeah. That's another topic. Yes. Um, so that that's all not good enough. So sit with that. It's to say I'm not good enough, and just sit with that, and see what comes up in the mind, the body, or any patterns. The next okay, one I've right. got here, I can maybe link two together, but ones um, which I see a lot is a belief that it's not safe to relax. Okay, and, the, and this comes so, back to kind could, of could your stress and relax one. Could we could
1: we add to that? Because I see a lot of people operating under a, a sense of duty or obligation that. I have to do things, which then creates an inability to relax, so can it yep. be it's not safe to relax because I'll be judged or criticized or condemned?
0: yeah, it's like that they they all come under the one bucket, yep. and this is the people who are just trying to be busy, busy, busy all the time, and that's why when we and and that can come from I see it a lot because we just have parents who are the same thing, they go go, go, and so. We just get programmed that way, and also we get rewarded for when we're doing, not just for when we're sitting and relaxing. <laughs> so, I'd,
1: I'd, I'd break that down to an even deeper core belief that I must be loved and liked. Mm-hmm. And so, and I've got those three core beliefs, yep. and this is one of them I, I can't disappoint my parents by being seen as being lazy, so therefore, it's not safe to me to be lazy.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's to the please
1: them. I'm, I'm trying to please them.
0: I think. Mean, I, think every belief comes back to trying to being accepted so every 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 limiting belief is some form of separation and then i think re- resolving that is coming back to a, a a unity so being more authentically
1: ourselves i mean there's some well, it's also being irrational as well in in terms of i must get what i want the ego gets very much involved and we and that's being afraid of missing out that FOMO it's all that I, I don't have I, I'm deficient you know so it comes back to mm-hmm. what did you say um being not accepted or not accepted
0: yeah defi- or defi- a, def- a deficiency, deficiency story these are all deficiency stories yeah. yeah yeah that's that's and and that's that's the greatest you know like if, if humans realised that they weren't deficient then like psychotherapy wouldn't exist we wouldn't have jobs um, <laughs> it'd be great but like that's the whole thing it's just this story like a you know a fucking beaver out in the bush out here doesn't, hasn't got a deficiency story it hasn't got a conceptual <laughs> mind to try and defend you know is there beavers in
1: Thailand now is there
0: oh no, <laughs>
1: <laughs> no I just looked out at
0: the green bush and I'm trying to think of an animal but uh, I was, I think I was watching a show with Tommy one of his cartoons and there was a beaver and I got a bit mixed uh, up okay
1: but that's why I use Buddhism because that lives within the law of nature. It's, if it comes, let it come. If it goes, let it go. If it stays, let it stay. It's that non-attachment. It is. We are all enough. We all have enough. Yeah. If you know, if we if we get away from this fear and this anxiety and, and this oh, I need more. There's this constant attachment to I need more, and and we don't need more. We can actually live quite happily with a lot less
0: 100 percent, 100 and um and for my work a lot of this starts working through the emotions as well like let's say that i'm not good enough you know there'll be some sort of sadness disappointment anger whatever it was if dad had have said that to me and it's about being able to work with that emotion as well because that emotion gets stuck in the body so then whenever i feel like i'm not enough again i just get that same sadness and disappointment come up in the system again just to remind me you know, don't, don't go down that path because you know what happened when you were six.
1: Ah, that said more about dad than it said about you. Fuck yeah.
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, for the uh, it's safe to relax or I need to be busy or whatever it is, yeah, look at the patterns in your life. Like, I know I used to have this where I just, so let's say there's a to-do list and everything gets done and you're like, oh, I can finally sit down and then you sit down and your mind just finds something else to do. Oh, that's right, I need to do those dishes. Oh, that's right, I need to do that. It's like this whole thing where we can't just peacefully sit down and, and relax. You know,
1: the, the sultan of stillness, as you once dubbed me, I love sitting and doing nothing because you're actually, you, you can't actually do nothing. So when you're sitting in an observation it helps you to see things completely differently when you're constantly on the go you, you can't see the forest for the trees you get swept up you get caught up in things and then you start making reactive decisions yeah, yeah. but if you can stop and i tell my business clients to spend the first 15 minutes of every day sitting and just observing they're like uh, and initially it fucks with their brains but then all of a sudden they see the value and they go oh right oh and they can move more deliberately and consciously yep. and proactively through your day you're not wound up by the end of the day you don't have to work 70 hours a week you know it's 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 a it's a it's just such a different way of living
0: it is, it is, and it's just—it's putting you in a state where you do things like you said more deliberately. It's like the Navy SEALs say, uh, "Slow is smooth, and smooth is fast." So it's like you do, when you do things more deliberately, it's like uh, I haven't got time to sit for fifteen minutes. It's like you watch how fast you get shit done when you can actually <laughs> relax yep. the system. But like,
1: because you become you become productive instead of busy, and there's a massive, massive difference. Oh yeah, difference yes, between. yes,
0: huge difference. Yeah.
1: Um, what else was going to say on that?
0: that's what people say a lot that's like when you used to say like oh I'm stressed people say yeah. I'm busy as a response yeah. all the time how you been oh yeah I'm so busy oh I'm so yeah. busy oh I'm so Cause busy because they're
1: trying to prove that this is I'm worth something I have a yeah. value yeah. oh folks, yeah. like how many being a, being a ex-trader yourself how many traders can get caught up in working 50, 60, 70 hour weeks oh yeah that's so easy easy and because because and a lot of them will say, you know, talk to the trademark boys about this. A lot of them goes, oh, I'm, I'm doing this for my family. I'm doing this to, to provide for my family and to be able to spend more time with my family. You know, so they have this great initial concept of I'm going to start my own business so I can spend more time with my family. But the opposite happens nine times out of 10 and they end up working double the amount of hours because all they're trying to do is provide Toys and cars and jet skis and all these things mm. for their family, where it's just come back. Just you are enough. You have enough. Yeah,
0: which is a, which is done from underlying guilt. Jesus. So if you if you're a tradie out there doing that, just uh, have, have a think. Man. Have a think about that underlying guilt. Mm. Uh, next one's a big one. So a belief that I need validation or I need approval. Yeah, I see this one a lot. And this is where we start to base our judgment of, of ourselves on what other people think of us. So we're like constantly looking for reflections from other people and basing our self-worth on what other people think of us. This is where people can fall into people-pleasing. It's where we can fall into, um, you know, criticism really hurting us, like really, really going into our shell with criticism and only really feeling whole as a human if everyone in our life at the same time is saying wonderful things about us.
1: Which doesn't how, happen. How, how codependent is that? I mean, you can hear Mm. the outsourcing of your own happiness there. Here, everyone in my life, I'm going to give give you the key to my happiness, and what you say is going to determine how I feel. Yep, that's just a terrible way of operating.
0: Exactly what it is, yeah. So, and that's, and that's once again picked up. It's picked up early on. Um, We decide these things. Have a feel into that one. Either I need a validation or I need approval. And um, and you don't,
1: by the way. Socrates said, "He who is grounded within himself." does not need to look outside for approval. So those that matter don't mind and those that mind don't matter.
0: Exactly, exactly. Um, Next one, another safety one, I'm not safe in the world. This one um, I generally find with people who've had trauma when they were younger, like serious trauma, um, deciding that I'm not safe in this world. So if you can imagine walking around subconsciously feeling not safe on the planet Earth and this is where you gotta be, then you never feel safe. Yeah, so I see so many people with this belief going towards drugs and alcohol and everything because it gives them some sort of numbing of that underlying unease of unsafety.
1: Or they're going to go into a relationship with a person who is very controlling because they're going to feel safe within that relationship. Which is another protected. drug. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's, it's still a codependent, unhealthy relationship. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's like a... Um uh if you imagine a triangle there's like an addiction triangle and it's like we'll be addicted to sensation which is drugs alcohol, all the normal stuff that we associate with uh, addictions but then the other two corners of the triangle are power and security and this is where you'll so often see you know maybe two people uh, a man and a woman uh, do get off drugs but don't deal with the underlying causes and then get in a relationship and she's just she'll stay in it for safety and security even though he has to monitor her every single movement check her phone every day and do all this stuff to control and control 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 slash power and then we just see these codependent relationships which is that's interesting struggling.
1: because she's in it for security but he's in it because of insecurity that's his why he's gonna need to control yeah,
0: yeah. Uh. Once again, it's, it's, I, 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 I need to control all this or have power because I feel deficient in those things.
1: But have a think about metaphorically someone who has a broken leg you know, and they're going to walk into a room and they're going to go into a very controlling state. They're going to go, can you move that? Can you not do this? Can you make sure that he doesn't come near me? They're going to be in a heightened state because they're trying to protect their wound. Yeah? Mm. And the same thing emotionally. If you're carrying this emotional wound, which most people have no idea even exists, they're gonna go into that controlling. I've been hurt, I don't wanna get hurt again, I'm gonna protect myself, I'm gonna control the shit out of this. But it's really an insecurity which keeps them in this constant state of anxiety.
0: Yeah, which means you've ruined the moment. You haven't experienced the moment. It's like if you, you go to been a present for it. Yeah. It's, it's like if you go to a party like people say they, you know, they got divorced or separated, but you didn't really because you're still having the same arguments in your head with them five years later. And there, <laughs> and there might be a party and you go into a party and it's like, is, you know, is my ex going to be there? And you're freaking out the whole time about your ex being there. And here's the thing, you're worried about your ex being there, but even if they don't end up coming, you've still fucked it up because you've worried the whole time whether they're going to rock up so you haven't enjoyed the party. So because you haven't worked on this old relationship baggage stuff, you're ruining all these moments.
1: Yeah, don't give them free rent in your mind.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I'm not safer in the world. Um, you know, to give a bit of context, I had a client recently who had, you know, an, a brother who was much older. And at one point, I don't know what was happening with, with his brother one day, but f- the younger, the client just made a little, you know, bit of banter, smart-ass remark, which they always did. And the brother picked him up by the throat against the brick wall and started just screaming and yelling of his face. And then that's when that's how a story can start. I'm not safe Treated in the world. Much? Yeah. So then it's like we've got to really start to work through that and work through the emotions associated to start to work out to let our system relax. You know, mm-hmm. because I mean, it's it's so hard for people who don't feel safe because there's just there's nowhere to go. You know, if I'm not safe in the world, there's no there's no safety blanket.
1: And it's it's amazing. Like, everyone wants to be happy, and the definition of happiness is to be content. And to be content, you need to have that inner peace. And I remember on that Vipassana retreat, I was just sitting next to a dam, just watching butterflies come and go and little insects. And you could not experience a more deeper sense of peace and contentedness, you know. Um, And then you you take that into the world with you you and you live you learn to live that way but so many people don't and it it saddens me how many people don't ultimately find that lack of conflict within themselves that that mm. that inner peace because they're always yeah operating on this i have to or i can't or i must or i should or it's, it's, it's so i don't know it's just, you can hear the rigidity to it again it's just that i have to it's so tense and tight it's like sad. the episode
0: we did on the yeah the five regrets of the dying it is sad it's sad to i think get get to your deathbed and then sit there and look back and then because that that's when all the, this stuff falls away because that's when you look at something like i'm not good enough and then you look back and you go oh man i was good enough the whole time
1: <laughs> yeah. i said to a client i said to a client this morning we we're talking about being a parent and his kids and how you know, he gets frustrated when they leave towels on the floor or when this doesn't happen or when they do that. And I said, imagine lying on your deathbed if you're lucky enough to actually have a moment where you, you get to cast your mind back over your life. I, I bet in that moment you'd look like at all the worrying that you did and how unnecessary it was and how much of your life, how much time and energy did you spend worrying about stuff that A never actually happened or B didn't have fucking matter in the grand scheme yeah. of everything
0: yeah.
1: like at the end of your life was it that important for you for your kids to pick up their towels yeah.
0: <laughs> and that's well when you when you explain it rationally it is hilarious put it all- into
1: context
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. The next one we touched on is I don't trust men or I don't trust women. Um, and this can be depending on whether you're straight, homosexual, whatever. Um, I get a lot of clients who don't trust either. It doesn't matter what gender they are. And also, they don't trust themselves. That's another belief. So imagine that. I don't trust men. I don't trust women. I don't trust myself. <laughs>
1: That's, would, it, would, would, would not trust in man or woman stem first and foremost from not trusting the self though? Because you can't give something that you don't have. So if you don't have self-love, you can't really love another person. If you don't have self-trust, you can't really trust another person.
0: Yeah. Pr- yes, probably right. Yeah. But then if it bleeds to both, so it's like, you know, if I don't trust myself, but then there's, you know, a, a, a girl or mum when I was younger, or a girl when I was at school or something, did something, but I still trusted men. I've still got some sort of safety net there. But it's like I don't trust anyone and myself. That's a tough spot to be in. And, and this one, this one's the easiest to pick out in patterns because like I love how, you know, people will come and oh, say, I keep picking the same bloody woman. I keep picking the same <laughs> bloody man. I just you know over and over again. It's the same reason why it's a different dude in different clothes, uh, the same, sorry, same dude in different clothes is because what'll happen, these belief systems, or you could even call them traumas, will, will play themselves out. It's like, we didn't let it go. Now they're playing themselves out in our life. And we've got to look at that because we'll attract people into our life who can't be trusted because we have a belief that, so, so, so I'd say it's men, men can't be trusted. Then I'll uh, find men that can't be trusted because my belief gets reinforced, even, it though, even though it's destructive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is this is where it gets where it gets funny. So it's like, yeah, yeah, you don't have to sit there and say, "Well, hang on, I want these qualities in a man. This is who I'm going to find next." You just have to upgrade your operating system, like you said at the start, because then now we'll attract a different kind of person.
1: Well, when when you change, everything else changes. Yes, yeah? yes, but it's it's that, that's an interesting one because I think I like to think that um, you know we keep getting the same teachers until we learn the lessons so we're going to get keep getting the same boyfriends or girlfriends or same relationships or the same job or whatever but the definition of madness is also doing the same thing and expecting a different result so yeah we keep getting these teachers come into our life and if if we don't learn the lessons and learn oh fuck you know what i, I am enough and and your words aren't Definitive of my worth, you know. I actually have my own sense of worth. oh thank you, teacher, for coming. Yeah, Yeah. you guarantee the next boy or girl that comes along will be much more aligned with who you are.
0: Of course, because if you if you're on a different, if your self-esteem and self-respect and self-love is at a certain vibration, then all of a sudden, if you've learnt and it's gone up here then you'll find someone on that same kind of wavelength who also loves and respects themselves then then the chance of codependency goes way down because now you've got like two people with healthy uh self esteems coming together to experience life instead of the whole
1: you complete me oh, oh, two with, with, uh,
0: to, two I was half a person until I met you like <laughs> you it's
1: you make me happy I was I was reading um, we read about this last night in Catherine Ingram's seven qualities of awakened awareness and she was talking about relationships and she spoke about how yeah, exactly that. They're, they're, don't go looking for your other half or someone to complete you. You are whole, and they are. They need to be whole. And it's like your two streams. And sometimes those streams will intertwine and they'll cross and they'll you know, and they're beautiful moments. And sometimes those streams will come together and stay together for a while. But there's this: the, you are a stream, and they are a stream. You bring a lot. They bring a lot. And when, when they emerge, like it creates a bubbling and it creates a, you know, a, a, there's more, but when they come apart, there's still whatever you brought. There's not less. You know, there's, like yeah, there's no,
0: there's no deficiency, which means yeah. there's no... Like so many relationships, there's an underlying fear that someone's going to leave or something's going to happen. So then the, the the hum of the relationship, yes, there might be love, but the hum of the relationship, there's some sort of underlying fear there. Whereas if I'm completely whole in my self esteem, then there, are, like you know that you're fine if the relationship ends. I don't think Singer says this. He goes, well, what if, what if you get married and then she wants to leave? He goes, you help her pack.
1: <laughs> like it's it's not a
0: problem,
1: you know. But this is the this is the thing. It's- it's, it's it's not there's not a fear that they're going to leave the fear is that you're going to be alone and that's what people are shit scared of yeah being alone because they have to put up with themselves and if they don't like themselves they don't want to be alone with themselves
0: this is why people don't meditate or don't keep up with meditation because it's like oh, I don't want to go on I don't want to sit with what's going on up <laughs> here this <shit's, laughs> this thing's crazy <laughs> if only they knew everyone's else force <laughs> if only they knew <laughs> That leads on to the next one, deficiency. The next belief is I don't love myself. Oh, and um, and so and instead of love, some people sometimes people get funny like, oh, I love myself. Is that arrogant? No, it's not. Let's just say I completely and utterly accept myself. Right? So there's
1: a massive difference between yeah, loving yourself in this day and age compared to last generation, loving yourself was more ego. It was more mm-hmm. look at what I have, not not I love and accept who I am. Yeah, and you don't. Once again, you don't. You don't always have to like yourself. I don't like myself all the time. I don't like my girlfriend sometimes, but I love myself and I love her. Yeah. So, so don't get caught up in. Make sure there's a difference between love and like, and you can still love someone without liking them in that moment.
0: Yeah, because I in in a, in a moment there's. There's like the t- there's you can call it their, their soul or spirit. Let's just call it their being, what like the, the 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 person that they are their on essence. this planet, their essence, and that's and the, you can unconditionally love that. And this is the same with ourselves, yeah? yeah, because every single human being deserves to be loved, deserves to be accepted, right? There's no there's no you know there's no argument there, but there is when the, the belief is is the opposite. But then all of a sudden, that doesn't mean that we can't disagree with the behaviour. That doesn't mean that, like, you know, I can't pull myself up and go, "Oi, dickhead, don't, <laughs> I, you know, don't, don't do that again," like, you know, like, to myself or, or to someone else, you know. Does but that da, da, mean- it's there's no. They, they did this study um, on uh, talking about anger with kids or yelling at kids and what effect it has has on them, on them as an adult. Now, the, the correlation wasn't between them getting yelled at. Uh, Or anger being thrown towards them, the difference was whether that anger represented a withdrawal of love, right? Mm -hmm. So, you can still get angry at a child or a partner or yourself, but there's absolutely no withdrawal of love. You're actually getting angry because you love that person, right? Yeah. Yeah? But then, then there's also a projection, which is just anger and a withdrawal of love, and that's when kids can get really fucked up because this withdrawal of love means I'm not lovable which starts these beliefs
1: well, that's, it comes back to you're punishing them for being what you perceive to be imperfect and mm. that's that's more on you than it is on the other person
0: yeah, yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Uh, next one is a belief uh, I there. I don't like to generalise with genders, but ladies listening, this is a big one I see in, in ladies. <laughs>
1: I'm backing away. I'm backing away.
0: No, 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 no. It's, it's You're alone in this house? The belief is I have to put everyone else first.
1: Ah, oh, right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> on, I see. Watch this. I do it. Uh, the first of the fundamental pillars to getting your mental health in good shape is priorities right back on the whiteboard people so priorities 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 are simply how we spend our time and our energy yeah so we have four main components to our life we have work family friends hobbies all right house imagine you're a you're a um a mother of three and you're not working and you have a husband who's a plumber, okay? Mm-hmm. So, what what do all these things have in common? Work, family, friends, hobbies. What's the one thing that's linking them all together?
0: Me. Yeah, you.
1: So, you're the common denominator. All right. So, right, look at these. What's your priority list as a mother of three who's, who's, who's not, whose job it is to raise children? Because that, that yeah. is a job so, so that the children what are, are, what are your priorities? the, the, the children
0: are, are my number one priorities.
1: Kids. Okay, so family. Yep, what's next?
0: Well there's work families, uh, friends, hobbies. But well that the husband?
1: Yep, so he's under family. I oh, he's so under we family. Got, we got work, family, friends and hobbies.
0: I I don't work, so that's not gonna be uh it'll be low, so let's go friends
1: Friends. No, but hang
0: on, and then work because here's the thing if I'm if I'm not working but I've got three kids to look after like Jesus Christ uh, I'd rather be, I'd rather be the plumber. Yeah. <laughs> <I would. laughs> well, you're probably doing helping him out with the bookkeeping or something. Of course, really yep. of course, of course. And then, and then hobbies, friends. hobbies. So, yeah.
1: yeah. All right, so there's one, two, three, four, five things down here, and you got one, two, three, four things up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's what's missing?
0: Yeah, us me
1: yeah you you you're missing Oh, so what that tells me is that you are an afterthought yep yep and when you're an afterthought you're not prioritising so you're going to say I don't have time to go to the gym I don't have time to eat a healthy meal I don't have time to go and get a massage I don't have time to go and get my hair done I don't have time to go and do mm-hmm. horse riding which is a hobby I've had since a kid that I'm really passionate about and that feeds mm-hmm. my soul But when you say I don't have time, what you're really saying is I'm not a priority. That's right. Yeah. So, and when you're down here, all of this stuff gets to dictate your time and energy. And so then you start building up this subconscious resentment Mm. towards it all. And all of a sudden you become very reactive. And when we're reactive, we need to make ourselves feel better and we need to cope. And what do we use as coping mechanisms? Bottle
0: of wine a night, whatever it is. Um,
1: I, I need to unwind. Yeah. Okay. need
0: to unwind, yeah. yeah. And resentment's just a killer, Isn't an absolute and, killer.
1: Because and resentment leads to a cognitive distortion. We start disqualifying the positives of all of these things. We start looking at the husband. Oh, he's working all these hours. He doesn't help me. He doesn't do this. He's not doing that. Treats me like real, shit. The kids are yeah. a
0: burden, all that kind of stuff.
1: It's a real negative narrative, mm-hmm. yeah. But if we prioritise ourselves... And when we're talking about you, we're talking about your well-being, which includes your mental health, your physical health, and your nutritional health, okay? So we need to spend time on all three of these things every day, Mm. Uh, otherwise we can't realistically expect ourselves to be okay. So when you're up the top here on the priority list, and and this is hard for women to do, but it, a, we can't do sense. it
0: until you deal with that—the underlying belief that I have to put everyone else first. Because what I yeah, see exactly. is, otherwise, will like a lot of women will start. They'll say, "Okay, well, from now on, I'm setting aside this time during the day for me." And let's say that they go—I um, don't know—to the gym, or they go get some pampering, or whatever. And what happens? They'll feel guilty the whole time.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, but that's that's an irrational belief, you know. I, I, I yeah. can't look make time so we break that with rationality and when you jump on an aeroplane and you're taking off going on a holiday the oxygen mask comes down who are you meant to put it on first
0: yo me Why myself you because I've got to take care of myself first, Nick. That oxygen
1: so for me. So then you're in a position to look after everyone, help everybody else. Yes. Yeah? You can't help people if you're down in the gutter with them. So that logic, it's not me saying it, it's not Hass saying it, it's logic that says looking after yourself makes sense, pampering yourself. I had a woman brought her daughter in to see me to help lose weight and long story short, she's like... "Oh." Yeah, you know, I, I haven't got time to look after myself, blah, 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 And I said to the daughter, would you rather 15 hours a week with a mum who's stressed and busy and rushing around and angry or would you rather 10 hours a week with a mum who's going to the gym or going for a walk or going to catch up with friends and is coming home and is much more relaxed and pleasant to be around? And she's like, before I even finish, she's like, that one, I want that one. And the yeah. the mum burst into tears. Ah, beautiful. beautiful. Because she didn't know. She was was so hell-bent up in this sense of duty or this obligation that I have to look after everyone else and neglect myself. She didn't see the damage that that was causing. Yeah. Yeah. So when we're up here, we can choose how we allocate our time and energy so we're proactive. And when we're proactive, we can manage and self-managing is thriving we're coping is stuck in survival mode we're just getting through every day just a bottle of wine just to unwind and then oh here we go again the next day yeah so, and that re-
0: resentment just keeps building oh it keeps builds building. and it
1: builds and it builds but have a look right so if you score yourself out of 10 in the mental physical and nutritional I'll ask a client so their mental health will be 3 out of 10 physically they're not doing an exercise so that'll be 4 out of 10 nutritionally they're drinking heaps of wine and eating takeaways so that'll be 4 out of 10 so that's 8 9 10, 11 so that's 11 out of 30 that 11 out of 30 is at the very center of all of those external components
0: yeah well that's what they're that's what they're getting like she was getting like let's say they they were the hypothetical numbers then she's getting yeah. an 11 out of 30 mum <laughs> exactly you know? but
1: this mum if that's a v6 car she's running off two cylinders Mm. instead of all six cylinders yet she's walking around with an expectation that i should be a wonderful mum. i should be a great wife i should be a beautiful friend i should be great in my hobbies but the reality is you're not looking after yourself you're not servicing yourself you're not feeding your soul you're not eating well enough you're not you're just not taking care of you so you're in no position to take care of other people
0: yeah yeah, there's this beautiful moment in the, in the movie The Shift when the mum, she has the two kids and they've obviously become her number one priority. And she's she's feeling this uh, draw to reconnect with her drawing and painting because uh, it's something she used to do for hours at a time. And anyway, she, they're on this walk in nature with these trees and she just stops and goes into like a trance staring at these trees and the dad and the kids are like, Mum, come on, come on. And she goes, oh, sorry, I just got lost. I was just imagining how I would paint these trees. And the son's like, mom, you don't paint trees. She goes, no, not paint the trees, but like, you know, like a drawing, like, you know, paint trees. Mom, you don't paint. We've never seen you paint. And then they run off and she has this moment. And then later on, she has, let go of all these tears to the husband where she's like, my kids don't even know who I am. Because I've let go of all these things that feed my soul because I have to fulfill this role now. And now this role has become um, who I
1: am. yeah it's my whole purpose is to raise these children and and it's not it's you know you I think uh, the hard path is to treat yourself well and be a role model for your kids to then mirror off instead of just do as I say not what I do to your children Mm -hmm. that's that's disingenuous and unauthentic if you can actually live a life that you want your kids to live as adults that's going to help them so much more. Oh,
0: it's what they, yeah, exactly. It's what they see, not what you tell them. Yeah, and it's yeah. like once that resentment cup starts, the more that fills up, then the more, like you said, reactive, the more we're yelling at the kids instead of talking and explaining, the more we're cracking it at the husband. It just has all these flow-on effects. That resentment that's cup am- needs to come that's down.
1: A, that's amazing, though, isn't it? Because the whole primary focus is on trying to raise these kids really well. But- yeah but they're doing it so ineffective if they let go and did it differently it would actually have a much healthier impact
0: yep yep Mm. so important okay next one's money is evil so many people have stresses about money and so many people have limiting beliefs about money (laughs) Uh, because you know we hear I'll I'll tell you my one to give you a bit of context my beliefs around money were money equals conflict Oh. and I think I had money is evil as well but money equals conflict right because what would happen, you know, when I was younger, a kid? The only two things I can remember really, mum and dad arguing about was how I was being raised and uh, and money. Um, and so, you know, it was classic, like you know, kid going to the bedroom, and then the parents arguing, thinking that they can't they can't hear when they're screaming at each other. And it's like you know, pillow over the thing. So in my head, I created the story, the belief that money is conflict and money is pain, right? So what that story does is then, I, I, I grow up with that story and don't address it. And I became a tradie. Um, I was earning really good money and um, I never saved a penny. Why? Because I felt if I had money in my possession that that was going to start to cause conflict. So I would subconsciously get rid of whatever money came into my possession. So many people I talk to about this can identify with it. Because it's like, you know, I I, I used to, if I wasn't spending it on, drugs and alcohol on the weekends it'd be like you know i'd walk past harvey norman there's a new this is when the plasma screens first came out and it's like i definitely don't need a new tv then all of a sudden payday would come and i'm like i need that tv and i'd go and buy this tv right because subconsciously i don't want money in my possession and it didn't matter how much i earn i remember as i would go through being an apprentice and the pay grades and fully qualified and you're earning way more and you're like, man once i'm earning that much i'll be able to save this much and i never saved a cent and it's just because i had a subconscious belief telling me if you have money in that bank account then it's going to cause conflict
1: that's the same with the person who has a belief that money equals happiness they're just gonna run over everyone in their path to to obtain as much money as I can because that's gonna give them that sense of security and that I am now happy. But it it's gonna be a poison chalice because they're gonna be in constant need, which mm. is in direct conflict with being content, which it'll, never,
0: it, it'll never be enough. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. spoke about the, the the billionaire who committed suicide. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So chase, chase,
0: chase, chase. Chase, chase, chase. chase. <laughs> uh, next one is uh life is hard yeah i see a lot of people with this belief life (laughs) is hard um i did did
1: an instagram post on this
0: oh did you yeah yeah while you bring it up i'll explain because once again this stuff we get so curious about this stuff like i've had you know life is hard come from events like you know where parents have passed away when they were four years old and they've had to look after the brothers and stuff and really intense um, things that have led them to create that story that life is hard because it was at that time and I had one as simple, um, literally I think this was uh, maybe last night with a client and we went back and all he remembered was watching some TV show couldn't remember, he was quite young and just on the TV show that he really loved, they just said oh life's not meant to be easy, it's meant to be hard and a struggle and he just from then on, bang, took that on board. Took that on board, and that's what I said. I said, you'd understand. TV's a, you're in a trance. People think trance or hypnotism is just like being completely unconscious or clucking like a chicken on stage. We're in trances throughout the day at different periods, and totally. TV's a trance. That's why advertising works <laughs> because we're in a hypnotic yeah. trance when we're watching TV. We're very suggestible.
1: Subconscious manipulation. I had a cl- I had a client once. Uh we went back and found her initial sensitizing event and it was her mum said to her, Geez, you're an idiot Just a really flippant off the cuff remark, Mum had a bad day, you know, the daughter had gotten under her feet and dropped something, just geez, you're an idiot and mum wouldn't have no recollection of saying it. And this would have been an unconscious impulse reaction. But the daughter oh, took that to heart. Yeah. And, and grew up, and she was relatively successful, but she was unhappy because she had this I'm an idiot, an as, idiot. A, as a founda- founding belief. Yeah. Um, so my post was, life, in inverted commas, is not hard. Life is simply a series of experiences and decisions, some of which can feel hard. So life, therefore, is just an opportunity.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah,
1: yeah. that's what we came up with.
0: That's good. That's good. And that's... um, Life is what you make it. It's what you make it. And so if I have a belief that life is hard, guess what? Whatever I do is going to be hard. (laughs) It's just... It's once again, beliefs reinforce themselves. You know? So it's like, oh, let me take on this new project. Should be a piece of cake. Hey, 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 hey. Piece of cake. I went back to it. (laughs) And then... And all of a sudden, yeah, you run into all these issues and it's a harder job than it should have been and, you know, my relationship's harder than it should be and, once again, it's just the belief that uh, that life is hard because life's, life's neither hard nor easy. Both are stories. It's just, yeah, it's all like you said, it's, an opportunity. It's all, it's all It's all. neutral at the end of the
1: day. Um, but life's not hard. What makes it hard is... is our operating system, again, it's that having a fixed mindset and operating of this should happen and I need that to happen. That must happen. If that doesn't happen, you know, I need things to go my way. Life is hard when we're, when we're, when we're living in a very irrational life. I'll come back mm. to irrational. It's so life is hard when we're irrational creatures, which mm. a lot of us are because of this prefrontal cortex that we have hanging there.
0: Yeah, well, also a lot of the these beliefs get formed as well in highly emotional events so it's like as soon as something comes up to bring up the belief we all of a sudden just go into our emotional body and then that 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 rational Not part bad. of our brain no no blood there <laughs> no blood flow <laughs> no blood flow so that's why people can look at it sometimes and just go but this doesn't make any sense of course like, oh, doesn't make any sense it's that's completely, irrational. it's completely irrational and emotional, and that's okay. Yeah. It's like, you know, we're we're run by our emotions at the end of the day.
1: Wow, we're trying to t- we're trying to teach people not to be so much, so much,
0: so, so, much. Yeah. so much, yeah,
1: yeah, not, not so much, uh, not so much. And last ones, I fear failure, yeah, which is also married with I fear success.
0: Yes, I was going to answer that. So we've got that we we, we check for as well. So both. Uh, I fear failure makes sense for people you know you probably failed at some point in your life every fucking person has at some point but sometimes people fail and it hurts so much that they decide that this is something you know they're not going to dip their toe into things in the future to keep themselves like you said in the comfort zone and keep them safe and then also the success one that's an interesting one I I Uh, I think it's super interesting because a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not worried about failing, but yeah, what if I actually succeed at this thing? Well, that comes
1: (laughs) back to a self-worth thing where the failure comes back to, I'm attached to a desired outcome and then if I don't do what it takes to do it, that's that fixed mindset again. It's that I'm either a success or failure and Mm. that's that binary thinking. We need to get on the spectrum thing, set a realistic goal instead of a really rigid, unrealistic expectation. So then failure is just a mindset you know Michael Jordan said I've been trusted with the game when he shot thousands of times and and I've missed more than I've made but Mm. he goes that's what made me who I am today so he didn't see failure as a setback or he didn't take it personally or or have a pity party around it he was like right I've got to get back in the gym I've got to practice more I've got to shoot more baskets I've got to you know so that was that growth mindset where a person with a fixed mindset is just going to go, oh, well, that was fucked, I'm such an idiot, oh, I'll, I'll stop trying.
0: Yeah, and then next time the, the buzz is about to go and they get the ball, they'll pass it off instead yeah. of trying to take the shot themselves.
1: Or they'll shoot it you know, just to get rid of it and it'll be full of anxiety. <laughs> and be, their muscles will be so tense and they'll hit an air ball and it's going to reinforce how much of an idiot they are. So it's yeah. just going to be more evidence to support their belief. that's what people do they go searching for this evidence to support their irrational beliefs and more often than not they'll find it and they'll go see I told you and I'll be like well fucking done look at you just stagnating yourself give us my invite (laughs) to your pity party come and call us a wambulance will you
0: yeah yeah that's it it's like oh congratulations you've told you've you've confirmed that your deficiency story holds up based on things that have happened to you yeah that's how how it works
1: (laughs) that's how powerful your mind is and this is the thing people just do not realize until you can't open a door that is not locked you don't realize how powerful your mind is
0: Yep. yeah so true so have a think about those guys have a think about your beliefs have a think about what's true for you what's not what patterns am I running into in my life and then once again I think me and Nick it's awareness and it's also ownership you know so all these beliefs are ours we can't blame the outside world and hand over the keys of our happiness to other people or situations we got to uh, look at this stuff ourselves and you know um, it's, it's just, not your
1: fault it's not your fault what happened but it is your responsibility to free yourself from these binding toxic limiting irrational beliefs
0: because it's your life like you yeah, like, you live in there, you know. Like I'm I'm in here. I'm in here somewhere. I don't know, my com, I'm in here. Like you're in there somewhere, Nick. You're in am there. I, am I and i my head as well. And everyone that's listening well, a version of you is in my head. Oh, but it's it's guess. got nothing to do with who you really are. <laughs> and that's that's a whole nother topic, right?
1: <laughs> that's a,
0: that's a mind fuck when you start to think about that there in every single person's mind there's a different version of you. And then there's a version yeah. that you have of yourself. You know, but you to you so
1: see yourself
0: you never see yourself right yeah. and so it's
1: um, all just an illusion it's all a fucking illusion
0: exactly so everyone that's listening you, you're the one living in there you're the one who has to look in the mirror each morning you're the one who has to go to sleep at night and wake up in the morning and you're the one in there so take charge of that you know yeah, it's, it's where we get take charge yeah we get one shot at this thing so let's um oh, you forgot, know not hold ourselves against back against
1: machine in my head now testify testify
0: oh I might play a bit of rage after this it's been a while Let's do it. <laughs> All right, listeners, thank you for tuning in. That was a bit of a deep dive on beliefs. We hope you enjoyed that. Uh, Nico, absolute pleasure, as always, oh. speaking to you. And when you I get the board out, oh, my God, just... No, 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 oh, my no, feathers fluff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone, we'll see you next
1: week. Peace. Peace.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Woke Blokes podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also, leave us a five-star rating. We thank you so much and we'll see you all next time.